there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network. Smith on the feet, he's to the 10, the 5, touchdown! Up the middle to the five into the end zone. Touchdown, Eastern Michigan. Straight from the 734, it's the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by the Folding Warehouse. Your weekly chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. Twitch the midweek action, Tom, means that we get an array of topics today on the Eastern Insider <laughs> Podcast. Not just football. But the whole gamut, one week away from basketball season, you'll be at Hinkle Fieldhouse getting ready for the men's basketball game against Butler. Women's basketball opens up against Detroit Mercy at home. Oh, it's that time of year where the crossover fun is going to start becoming every day you get a different game. That's when you got to really start paying attention when you're looking at your guide on your TV, no matter what service you have, whether you stream or cable, you're like, oh, these two teams are no is that basketball or football? What am I looking at here? You know, why is why is Michigan playing uh DeVry? You know, you got to look at the board and like try and figure out it's the crossover. Football, basketball, everything meshes together. It's a beautiful time of the year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to basketball. This is when I got to keep track of my own schedule because I'm like, boy, Monday, I got to be in Indianapolis for a basketball game. Wednesday, I got to be in Toledo for a football game. Then the men are home, I believe, on the Saturday after that. Um, So I'm just trying to keep it all in a row. I actually, not that I argued with the family at dinner last night, but as you know, my son works with the football team. My wife's like, oh, it says here, next game for Eastern Michigan. She's looking at her phone. Eastern Michigan plays Toledo on the 8th. I go, that's absolutely wrong. They play on the 6th. She goes, it says here on the schedule, the 8th. I go, well, that can't be. I go, hold on a second. You're right. Yeah. I'm thinking basketball. I'm in a whole different city. Yes, they play Toledo on the 8th. Yeah, you're going to have to start uh, checking your phone to see, realize what day and and what city am I even waking up in at this point. It's just, it'll be fun. But you see all these super secret scrimmages right now that aren't supposed to be told because the NCAA says they can't happen. But we know they're going on behind closed doors and they're leaking out right now. Uh, I do wish the NCAA just would say, have a game. People could come to it. Just get ready. Yeah, what does it matter? Uh, the NCA gets so knotted up about things. It's clear everybody has some sort of scrimmage against somebody. And for the most part, especially in the Power Fives, the media reports it anyway. Like, oh, 
this school held a closed door scrimmage and apparently the final score was 115-113. All right, well, it's happening. It's the worst kept secret in all of sports. So yeah, just let it happen. What's wrong with a little more basketball? It's not the same as playing a football game or this would be like, it's not like Eastern Michigan's trying to bring in Grand Valley State in the middle of August and play a game or share a camp or that type of thing. And even if they did, so what? You know, you're prepping, you're getting ready. I, I don't I don't get the whole hubbub about that, but I'm glad that the hidden games are are behind everybody and the real stuff is starting. Yeah, the real stuff. No exhibition games this year for Eastern Michigan, which is odd, uh, which is, goes back to some of those closed-door scrimmages and why they have them, because because some people just don't want that video and stats out there. I get that. But, again, it's also a good way to get fans excited because all of a sudden it's like you're it's just here. At least you could have a little bit more buildup than just being like, uh, everybody show up on the 6th. You correct me up with it too, that no, they don't want to have film out there. Once you've played a game, the film's out there. It's like you and I had the discussion in Minnesota when we played the Gophers in football. The Gophers aren't putting out a depth chart. Once you play the first game, the jig is up. Everybody knows who you're using. I don't know why all the top secrecy or why you just can't put out a depth chart for especially the broadcast teams that want to call this. I mean, we end up getting it. But it's like pulling teeth. So I don't get the secrecy of the whole thing. But I'm with you. I'm glad it's starting. It'd be nice if there was a little ramp up to get people charged up for the basketball season. But here we are. So we're just jumping in feet first. Uh, as I hold up my cell phone in front of us, I mean, it's, as long as these things exist, there's nothing secret. You can walk in anywhere at any time and and be recorded and put that stuff out there. Hence why all the stuff right now and the hubbub in Ann Arbor. But uh, that's uh, for another story and another other show. So you, you look at it though. Uh, Fred Castro, our guest today. Last week we heard from Stan Heath. Fred, this this week, uh, the now, I mean, he's becoming one of the deans of the MAC in terms of women's basketball coaches. They lose a lot from last year, but a lot still is back. They lose a lot of points. They don't lose a lot of bodies. What they did gain this year is a lot of bodies. There were literally times last season Fred Castro looked down at his bench and there was really no decision. He maybe had one person he could put in or change out, but there was no substituting. He basically just had a team on the floor and would try and patchwork one or two people on the bench that were healthy that could go into the game. They couldn't scrimmage themselves the entire season. They had to use, you know, scout team players that would come in and help them out. They they just couldn't participate. He goes, we can actually run scrimmages now with full five on five. Like he's like, oh my, you know, this is where we have color TV now. The lights come on instantly. <laughs> We're using the bathroom in the house. Like there's all this amazing technology we have now. They have enough bodies to play basketball. So that will make a difference. You know, like every coach says, they all like their squads this time of year. Fred Castro, though, I believe in what he's saying, and they can try and take a step forward from a year ago, even though they're replacing a lot of tremendous talent that walked out of the door with graduation. I think one of the big questions still remains, though, their post-presence. We know they're guard-heavy. They have the ability to do their... But in the Mid-American Conference, as you and I have seen, you have to have a post to win and I think that's the the question mark is how they can still develop that because that's still the unproven point. Yeah, and you you, you got to have a big to compete in the MAC on both sides, men's and women's. And the men went through it last year. They really didn't have that big presence in the paint. They've got a seven footer this year that can help contribute in that category. So 
We'll see how it works out on the women's side. But uh, if you get that strong post presence, it makes a big difference in a lot of games. There were some games we played last year. Uh, I'm thinking Akron. Akron comes to mind. Um, Kent State, some games where we could have used a, a, a better presence in the paint that would have maybe tipped that game the other way. So hopefully that'll be a bright spot for EMU basketball this year on both sides. Uh, and, and when you held up your camera, too, I was thinking of videoing and I was thinking of how the rules of videoing games have changed. Remember, there was a while in the NFL where they're like, we're going to have one pool photographer mm-hmm. and then everybody will get the video from that person. And then quickly, the media is like, that's not going to work. And now there's a, back to a billion people shooting on the sideline. But I can't help but think of our own Reggie Austin, who gets to go to the Lions game tonight shoot his first NFL game. He has never been to a Detroit Lions football game. He lives in the state. Yeah, when when I I asked him, I said, uh, you got any plans for Monday? He's like, yeah, I plan on watching the game. I said, no, you're going to go shoot the game because we need some Max Crosby video. And he just kind of looked at me and like, we can do that? I said, yeah, we can do that. Again, you you mentioned Reggie in his first NFL game. I've not been to an NFL game. Uh, But again. You've never been to an NFL game? No, I have not. But you think of that, though. Sundays are my day to work in here and get everything done for the week. So if I took a day to go to, the, to a Lions game, which would be phenomenal, the, the week ahead would just be set back in immensely for me. Okay. Also, you haven't been working since you were in Pampers. There was a huge area there where you, you grew mean? up. I, I, I started here with, uh, according to Rob and you on the air the other on Saturday, like I was born here. I, I'll die here. Like uh, he was. Yeah, I said you have a my, my burial plot. Yeah, you got one over by the commons. I said, which wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. Like, hey, is that the commons? Yeah, Greg's got a plot over there. No, because you're right. Laugh. Your mom told me when they dropped you off at college that your dad and her had a discussion on the car ride home. We wonder if Greg will beat us back to the house. Like he's never lived away from home. And then surprise, surprise, he never came home. He's still in Ypsilanti. Yeah, I'm the only person probably from the uh, class of in, entering Eastern class of 99 that may still be on this campus. That's probably that's probably true. Yeah, but I, I can't believe I guess you didn't grow up close to. No, I didn't grow up close anywhere. To NFL, I mean, Cleveland and Detroit and Cincinnati were all two plus hours away. We weren't big NFL fans. Like, I mean, college football is big in our house, but NFL is just kind of eh, something that you, you watch. So, I, yeah, I've never been to it. I've been to every other professional sporting event. You got Reggie credentialed. Why didn't you credential yourself and go down there as well? You could have gone good, to tonight's game. That's a good question. I did. We'll, we'll hear him on the show. I I saw my NFL connection last night, hung out with Max Crosby, Scott Weatherby, Chris Creighton, and I made the trip to their team hotel and got to meet with Max last night. And of course, the news of the day today is Max's generous $1 million contribution to EMU Athletics. And uh, him and his wife, Rachel, of course, the former soccer player for for Eastern Michigan, uh, giving back to their school and and doing so in a great way. So there was a Trek presentation last night at, at there. And then I was able to, to get five minutes with him. And you'll hear that interview coming up here on the show, too. But how awesome a, a thing for Max to, to do that. You think of this is the fourth million dollar gift in Eastern Michigan athletic history. And uh, all the other three have been guys that are well-established in their career. Max is still just 26. Like, uh, there's probably a 30-year gap in between from what Max is giving right now to everybody else. 
but he's also well-established. That's true. You, you make it young in the NFL. He's had an absolutely phenomenal career so far, and hopefully he can play another 10 years, but a tremendous gift to Eastern Michigan University. Now, will it be Max Crosby Field at Rynearson Stadium or Condor Field at Rynearson Stadium? I think they're still working that out. Uh, I think it, it depends. Lots of things. It depends if Max wants to put him and Rachel's name on it. It could be Max and Rachel Crosby Field. I, I I don't know. Yeah, it could straight be Condor Field. It's whatever Max decides. <laughs> I mean, you know what? You stroke the check. You could put a family photo on the field if you want. Yeah, I put guess that it, Christmas card photo on there. If you want, want it, we'll figure it out. It's just uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> we're okay with that. Money talks. Uh, that's as simple as that. He's tackled around the twenty-five yard line, just north of Crosby's shoulder on that family photo. Well, if it's that's, anything- a, that's a great gift. I think it'll be awesome for uh, it's awesome that Max Crosby feels that way about Eastern yep. Michigan, that he wants to give back to the university and and that he has a great relationship with Chris Creighton, who obviously recruited him and and brought him onto this campus. And that's the one thing Max talked so much about with with coach last night when he was there is Max really knows that, again, in high school, he was a, a, a lanky kid that was it playing tight end didn't really know his position was a linebacker for a while and then they kind of moved into the defensive line and that's where he flourished but he had no fbs offers no fcs offers wasn't going anywhere and then all of a sudden he comes to an eastern michigan camp and the rest is history but the thing other thing that people forget is we we know max as a texas native Max didn't grow up in Texas. Max grew up in Michigan and then moved to Texas. So that's where he went to high school. But he's originally from the Troy area, then went to Lapeer before finally ending up in Texas. So I think it's a great way for him to give back to the community. And I think that uh, that it's probably, again, he's got a lengthy career ahead of him. Probably won't be the last time you see Max give back in some capacity, too. Which would be great. His story is not that different than like Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, who went to a junior college, had no offers. Nobody wanted him. He sent tapes everywhere. And only Wyoming invited him to come out. And then he ends up in the NFL. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And Max Crosby is certainly the same story. I do enjoy getting texts from friends in other parts of the country that that no, I'm calling games for EMU, and they're like, was this guy this awesome in college? Because where did this guy come from? You know, and I'm like, he was he was great, but he's greater now. I mean, he is he has definitely figured out how to play that position, how to prep for each season, and and be a dominant defensive end. Well, and the most the thing I'm the most proud of with him is he's a guy that. Has never changed. I mean, he's still the same person he was, hasn't let money go get to him. Sometimes you see that where they start having the entourage. He's still the same guy that has got his core group of friends. I mean, Darian Terrell, Brogan Roback, those guys are still the people around him. And those were his teammates that he is around and, and still hangs out with. So I think that's the other thing that he's just one of the guys with them, which isn't always the case when you become a superstar. And you're the same way. You have more Chick-fil-A points than anybody I know, but it hasn't changed you as a diner, as a person, as a 
a sports information person, all those points, still, you're the same Greg Steiner. When you, you achieve silver status, you you just, you're, you're kind of right there. However, I was passed for a short time when your wife, Mindy, bought, I think, a small franchise of her own for Drew's graduation party, Drew and Abby's graduation party. Yeah, we had the twins graduation. What I liked is we ordered a ton of it and they put it in these hot boxes that you could plug in to keep warm. They lasted all day. And then, of course, we're handing like Chick-fil-A. Like everybody's parting gift was have a Chick-fil-A sandwich or six, you know, you which the high school with like love. a half dozen. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they're good. Listen, you could run over it with a car. It's still going to be good the next day. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. Listen, you're still over elite status, man. You're, you're big. We'll be spending plenty of points on upcoming travel uh, around the Mac for, for both basketball and the rest of our football season because we've still got Toledo and Buffalo on the road ahead of us. Uh, we also had big news over the weekend for the aspect of the Hall of Fame ceremony. You got to MC it once more. A tremendous yeah. event. Five very deserving student athletes got to, to be enshrined. Um, and I know you touched on it last week, just of all the accolades that you sometimes don't realize that they've rolled into their career because uh, it's, again, you sometimes think Eastern Michigan, maybe they don't make the impact, but you got hall of famers in, in whatever aspect they want. You got Olympians, you got all these other people. And it's a really cool thing that I don't know that enough people come and celebrate those kind of accomplishments. Yeah. And it was, it was interesting talking to them uh, before the ceremony started and just how, the, how they felt so special that the university would recognize them in this way. You could, like a guy like Charles Gordon, he figured, all right, I played in the eighties. This is never going to happen for me. Then he gets the phone call. And my favorite part of the ceremony is when I say their name and welcome to the Hall of Fame, because you see their faces and Charles was getting emotional. But even Ryan Coleman, she played basketball and she came to Eastern Michigan. She had offers from a lot of schools, but she came to Eastern Michigan. Her dad had passed away shortly before she started college. She wanted to stay close to home. She lives in Detroit. And she said, now it's awesome. Like, I love coming back. My name's in the arena, in the ring of honor. And now I'm in the hall of fame. And I love showing my kids, like, this is what I did. You know, this is, this is what I accomplished. And it's something I can point to. And to a person, all five that went into the hall of fame had similar stories of this is unbelievable. Uh, Camila Olayo came all the way from Brazil with her family to get inducted, but talked about just when she stepped on campus, she knew Ypsilanti was home. She made some jokes like her friends were like, oh, you're going to love the nightlife in Ypsilanti. And then she showed up and like, all right, you, you got me on that one. But I love this campus. It's beautiful here. And this is what I'm going to call home. Yeah, she uh, it was initially, she said, going to go to Florida State and then came here and said, no, Eastern's home, not uh, Tallahassee. Yeah. So I think that's a, a really fun thing that they get to come back, celebrate. And a lot of them hadn't been back in years, too. And just the yeah. way campus has transformed. And it's similar to you. I mean, you hadn't really, before you took Drew around campus, been to, to Eastern's campus as well. And I don't think even you realized how dramatically different it was. Yeah, because I had I'd really, you know, being around the sports stuff since 2019, I was familiar with that part of campus, but I hadn't really been on the main campus since my brother went to Eastern Michigan in the mid-90s, and I remembered it in the towers, and I'm like, all right, Eastern Michigan. And then when we took Drew around, like orientation and stuff, I'm like, holy smokes, this school is awesome. My wife was super pumped, too, because she's like, all right, let's see what we're getting into here. She's like, oh, I love the light in the classrooms and the glass and the structures and the 
she loved it. So we're like, all right, when mama bear's happy, we're all happy. And and Drew's having a great time at EMU. The only thing that didn't scare you away was uh, Alex Jewell and my uh, campus tour guide. Now, if, if we can be a tour guide and get people to still come here, we're doing okay, right? Well, you took us around in that souped up golf cart that seats six. So that's it's got windows and doors. I mean, everybody feels like a VIP when they're in that cart. It does have a, a, a FM radio, too, we could have turned on. Oh, so you could have kicked it up a notch and you didn't. We, we could have could. had FM tunes bumping and instead... It was a great. T- I, lo- I loved riding around in that cart. We could have that just played. Uh, we could have been playing the Groove Yard on eighty nine one all the way around. <laughs> well, now I know for future reference. Yes, for future <laughs> reference. All right. So a lighter week ahead. No home events. Uh, what's your schedule going to be like for a broadcaster who doesn't have to call a game on a weekend? One, you got to get ahead. So we'll get we'll get set up for the game against Butler on Monday. Maybe you'll join me on the broadcast. Possibly. Possibly. And uh, and then you got to have your ducks in a row because it's basketball on Monday night. It's football on Wednesday night in Toledo. You want to have everything going before that. I'll continue to work on my hobby, which is football helmets and uh, crank out videos on TikTok. And also, it's probably getting close to time to put up Christmas lights. And I know what you're thinking. That's a after Thanksgiving thing. I like to get the lights up, but not on before Thanksgiving on a warm day. So if there's a window, the lights are going up. They don't get turned on until the day after Thanksgiving, and then everything has to come down by New Year's Day. I agree. That's the that's the standard tradition as well. We have to have everything down by, by New Year's Day. Yes. Good. We're on the same page with that. You also do have a holiday coming up tomorrow. The question becomes, are you or any other family members dressing up for Halloween? I know that you have to, to let the the gate down at the palatial Helmer compound to let kids come in <laughs> trick or treat. So uh, the the question becomes, do you, what are you dressing up as? I, I have no costume designed for tomorrow. And because we kind of live out in the quote unquote country, no one comes by the house. So we just like to shut all the lights down to discourage anybody who thinks maybe these are good people we should swing by. Because if we're buying big candy bars, I want them all. I don't want to share them with anybody. But the kids did come up for some reason at dinner last night like a a picture from five years ago popped up on the phones and it was me dressed as Harry Potter in 2018, which none of us remember, including me. Wow. I didn't see that photo. I I, I had the scar on the forehead. I had on a little Gryffindor tie, like a red shirt or something, red t-shirt, maybe, I don't know. And my, my hair combed and I'm like, who is that? And they're like, it's you. And I'm like, none of us can remember me dressing up even for a photo, is Harry Potter. So I don't know what the story is there. I don't know what was in the chili that night, but it definitely wiped my memory. Oh, wow. That was some good stuff then. What are you dressing up as? Uh, I don't usually dress up as anything. Uh, usually Kathy and, and Cooper, our dog, will will partake in the dress up. Uh, I leave that to them. I'll just hand out the candy and, uh, and try to keep the ringing the doorbell to a minimum to make sure Cooper doesn't stroke out with... Uh, all the added, like, uh, got to run. Yeah. Fourth of July and Halloween are tough on dogs. Is Kathy ever dressed up as um, Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz and had Coop be Toto? No, that would be a great idea, though. She'd have the, that's, come on. That seems like a layup. That should have been the first costume. No, like I say, last year he was an ESPN broadcaster. The year before, I think he was Jimmy Buffett. Uh, 
there's a good chance that uh, if all things go right, he'll he'll be in a kissing booth if all if all goes according to plan. So I can come over and kiss your dog. Is that what I'm getting? Absolutely. Yeah. And then what role does she play in this? You say they dress up when he's oh. Jimmy Buffett. What is your wife? Just a fan in the audience, I guess. Just, just an elbow deep in margaritas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's five guy. o'clock somewhere, Greg. Give the kids some candy. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a regular Wednesday at our house anyways. <laughs> you know she listens to this, and you know you're going to have to answer for it when you get home. Why uh, do you do this to yourself? <laughs> I still get to edit this, though, so she may not <laughs> Uh, that's great. All right. Well, it's time to, for us to get to the real part of the show. We've got uh, plenty of good things. Fred Castro, Max Crosby, and so much more. It's the Eastern Insider presented by the Fulling Warehouse as well as Blue Cross Blue Shield. Are you ready? Ready to find the right care that works for you? Care that connects you to what you need anytime, anywhere, and fits best with your lifestyle? Whether it's in person or in your pajamas, online or over the phone. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan connects you to the care you need when you need it most. With the largest network of doctors and hospitals, an easy-to-use mobile app, and a 24-hour nurse line. Because we're always ready to help. Learn more about Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan at bcbsm.com. It's here. Bowling Warehouse. And sports will never be the same. Bowling combines the best of bowling and football. But you don't have to be good at either to have a great time at the Foling Warehouse. Ipsy Ann Arbor's newest place to play is now open. 20 lanes, two bars, over 100 beers. The Foling Warehouse at the corner of Washtenaw Golfside in Ypsilanti, where everyone comes to play. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room. And that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. What does it mean to be able to give back to Eastern Michigan in this capacity? Um, you know, Eastern is the whole reason, you know. I was able to get a Division One opportunity to play football, um, able to chase my dreams and go after what you know my ultimate goal was, and is, is to make it to the NFL. So, uh, me and Coach Creighton and uh, all the guys involved, you know, that that got me to this point. Um, it's just you know I feel like it's the least I can do um, to give back uh, to the school that absolutely gave me you know the opportunity to chase whatever you know was on my mind or whatever I dreamed of and uh without them it wouldn't be possible so you know I'm super excited for it you know we got a lot of you know the future's bright at Eastern and uh people didn't people didn't really see that when I first got there so for me um it's just a testament to you know the guys giving me a chance uh, to come out and you know be a part of something special to have your name on a field that you spent so much time on and something that will live forever. I mean, not many people have that opportunity. What would, does that mean? Um, it's the ultimate honor, you know. Uh... I always talk about legacy. Um, that's something that's the most important thing to me. Uh, money, uh, all the things that come with, you know, playing in the NFL are great, but um, I want to leave a legacy, you know, not only for myself, but for my family, my daughter, my my wife, who also went to Eastern Michigan. Um, you know, for me, I want to give something back. So uh, that's, you know, this is a, the beginning of some, uh, something I feel like is, you know, going to be even bigger. Um, and Eastern Michigan was the start of all of it for me. The only school that offered me and uh, having my name on that field is something that, you know, 
I'll never forget. So it's 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 a big big honor. You look back, and your core group really helped change the trajectory of Eastern Michigan, and then you watch it now from afar. What? is it that makes you so proud of the product that Eastern puts out now? Yeah, you know, it's incredible. I remember when I first uh, got on the phone with Coach Creighton and McCaslin and all the guys that were there at the time. And the reason they, you know, convinced me to go there was, you know, you're going to be a part of changing this thing around. And um, I believe we were 2-10. Uh, when I was committed and then my freshman year when I redshirted, we were 1-11. and 11. So, uh, just being a part of that change is, you know, something I'll never forget. And, you know, you see Eastern going to the bowl games every single year now, and they just got their first bowl win last year. So um, Coach Creighton has been there for years and years now. And uh, you see a lot of coaches go from, you know, a smaller school, you know, smaller D1 schools and move up. Um, he's been true to himself and just, you know, stuck to his word and build up his program to a, to a level nobody really thought was possible at the time. So um, it's, you know, it's, it's an honor to be a part of that. It's honored all my teammates that were involved as well. Um, you know, he brought us all in. So it's, it's really incredible. And you just see the guys getting better every single year. I know you touched on coach just a second ago, but from a personal level, I mean, what does he mean to you and, and how has he helped change your life? Yeah, Coach Creighton is family to me. Um, at the end of the day, um, when I was younger, I was 17 years old when I got to Eastern. I was a kid. Um, I didn't know necessarily what my future was going to hold. Um, but when I went there, I knew one thing. I loved football. And I had to clean up a lot of things, you know, in my life from school. Um, I didn't like school at the time. I didn't, you know, I didn't like doing all the extra work and things like that. Um, but I had to mature into a man. And uh, Coach Creighton was a huge part of that. And, you know, our relationship at the time when I first got there to what it is now is like night and day. Um, I thought he was coming after me because, you know, he was, you know, saying, Max, you got to go to class. You got to be here on time. You got to do these things. Things. And I didn't understand, you know, I didn't understand that at the time. But now looking back, um, I talk to my old teammates about it all the time. But um, he was there. He was trying to help me. Um, and that's what genuine love is. At the end of the day, um, people can say they love you and, you know, I got your back. But um, he, he leads by actions. And uh, now that I'm, you know, I'm 26 years old, I'm still young. But I, I look back and, you know, those times and now it makes sense to me. He was, you know, building me into a man. And uh, I could, you know, I could go on and on. But I have so much appreciation for not only him, but his family and um, all the coaches that, you know, helped me become the man I am today. And my last question is this gift. I know in your quote that we're in the release we're putting out tomorrow, you say you hope it inspires others to start giving back. What's your message to, to somebody else who has been to Eastern and, and may not have supported it, but now has an opportunity to? Yeah, you know, I think that just, you know, go along, you know, goes along with legacy. You know, for me, um, like I talk about, you know, success is incredible. You know, the things that come with it are incredible. But, you know, there's always got to be people that, you know, help build something, you know, bigger than, you know, themselves or bigger than what it was before. So for me, you know, Eastern gave me that opportunity. So I, you know, I take it as, you know, a service, you know, for me to give back, you know, because without them, I wouldn't be here. So yeah, you know, other people, I obviously, you know, and, you know, want to inspire them to do it, you know, whether it's teammates on the Raiders that went to, you know, smaller schools or D1 schools or whatever they went to, you know, just give back to the ones that help them get to where they are now. And I think that's super important and something that, you know, is very important. And, uh, you know becoming the man I am and you know just for anybody in general you know it's not it can't be done by yourself you know there's so many people that helped me along the way um, and this is just one of the things I want to do to you know get back to the ones that helped me this episode of the Eastern Insider podcast is brought to you by National Trails Bus safety comfort reliability come ride with us as well as Trinity Health 
Trinity Health is the preferred health care provider of EMU Athletics. Get top-tiered orthopedic and spine care to get you back in the game. As well as standard printing and design, the standard of excellence in design and print for small business. You're listening to the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Folding Warehouse, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Now let's get back to the action with Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. Joining me now, Fred Castro, women's basketball coach at Eastern Michigan, getting ready for his eighth year. Goes fast, doesn't it? Unbelievably fast. Um, that and, you know, seeing your kids grow up. You know, my daughter's a freshman in high school. She went to homecoming the other day. And, and yeah, you say year eight and uh, time just, it's like warp speed. <laughs> Back so to the she future. was like six and now she's like 14. That's right. That's exactly right. So, but it's great. You know, when... Uh, time flies when you're having fun. Well, and hopefully this season will be fun. Uh, you still got a, a, a good returning core, some new faces out there. What I was happy about when I looked at the roster is there were just a lot of names, even before I get into <laughs> talent, because last year you had to scotch tape, duct tape that lineup together. There were times you looked down the bench and there was, do you want to go in? We got one of you. I mean, right. there was nobody there. That right. won't be the case this year. No, and it's night and day difference. You know, last year we we couldn't, not once did we go green versus black in practice. Right. And this year we've already done it maybe 10 times. And it makes all the difference in the world in terms of your preparation, how sharp you are, how quickly uh, you can adapt to things. So it, it just gives you more energy, more juice, obviously depth helps um we've got not only depth but quality depth so that that as a coach uh, it lets you sleep a little bit easier at night so what are your expectations for this 23 24 squad you know the good thing is we really build on a lot of things that we did last year in terms of our post play right we threw the ball inside a lot we we scored at a high rate in terms of field goal percentage we didn't shoot it great, but we recruited really well, and we added some really knockdown shooters, which I'm really excited about. Um, we are tweaking the defense a little bit to help to uh, use our personnel a little bit better, which I'm excited about. The added depth lets you do a little bit more. Right. Um, and, and all those things, you know, they're exciting, but you have to teach them. They have to learn it. We have to execute it. And that does take time. So that's what we've been doing. But this guy's, this group has been a, uh, they've been hungry to learn. And it's always fun to go to the practice floor and be with a group that is hungry to learn and hungry to um, get better every day. Tell me about a couple of the new pieces that you're looking forward to seeing out in the floor in the opener. Yeah. So. Kennedy Miles is a transfer from Marquette, 6'2", 6'3", has played in the Big Ten, uh, played a lot in the Big Ten, averaged a double-double, transferred to Marquette. This is her fifth year. This is her COVID year. Uh, Very high basketball IQ, physical, talented, athletic. um, And you can tell she's been doing this for a while, right? The way she talks, the way she leads. She was voted captain uh, in September at the oh, after just being here for eight weeks. So, you know, she has a personality and leadership qualities that her teammates have immediately responded. Which blows me away a little bit. It is not easy to, one, show up in a new environment, and secondly, everybody say, you know what? 
Yeah. You're captain material. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, it speaks to a lot of her and her work ethic and her character. Um, and, you know, certain things you either got or you don't. And she's got it. Right. And then uh, on the floor, she's an excellent passer. She sees the floor. She's physical. She just knows the game and she's been at quality programs. Mm -hmm. So um, her experience is really going to help us. And her leadership is really going to help us. Callie Denson is a freshman from Oregon. She's the second all-time leading scorer in the state of Oregon. Uh, can just flat out shoot it and score. And uh, she she does it with ease, right? And that's always nice to see the, you know, the other day she banged down three threes in a row. Just, it takes her no time at all to get hot. And um, you, you, know, you haven't really had that in a while. No, not at all. And, and the thing is, with quality post play, you're going to get some of that. Right? right. And she's not just a shooter. She can put it on the floor. She's got a uh, she can get to the rim. She can find open teammates. So she's not one dimensional, which is obviously important. And then I think the other the other person is Olivia Westfall. Olivia Westfall is a transfer from Duquesne. A five-nine guard has three years of eligibility left, and she has range. And when she gets cooking, she really she's one of those that doesn't go two for six. She she hits two. That means she's going to hit four or five. Right, right. And and she's just one of those shooters. And she's big guard, uh, plays really hard. And as a team first kid, and and you can never have too many of those. Westfall, when I saw her name, this is how old I am. I'm like, she related to Paul Westfall, right? That's what you would, you know, you would wonder. But she she isn't she isn't related. It's probably one of the first questions I asked her. And then your gal from Oregon that you mentioned too. I was like, they were like, hey, we got a shooter from Milwaukee. I'm like, Wisconsin. They go, no, Oregon. I go, I didn't know there was a Milwaukee, Oregon. <laughs> yep. No, she, you know, in high school, she went one game where she went 14 out of 28 from three. So it gives you, and she has range. She can shoot it from the volleyball line. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of her getting comfortable. Obviously, there's a huge difference between high school basketball and college sure. basketball. But scores are scores. And she right. is somebody that just her whole life has been able to put the ball in the hole. Scoring's part of it. How are you feeling on the defensive end of the floor? That's what, I, what I'm really excited about is that we've been working on some new t new things um, using our depth, using our size. We're one of the few uh, teams in our conference that has legit 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", players. And uh, we don't just have one of them, right? So how can we use that right. to our advantage to really um, make teams score from the perimeter? Uh, how do we use our guard depth to speed people up? Um, and how do we play at a pace that, consistently makes teams uncomfortable, right? Because you would think with the bigs, you don't play with pace, but our bigs can get up and down the floor and we want to use their athleticism, uh, our size, our strength uh, to our advantage. You're pumping me up a little bit because you have some weapons to play with now and you can mix and match the lineup. Last year it was like, well, this is the size we are. We're just got to make it work. And now you got some pieces there. You're like, all right. Yeah, no, it's got, you know, last year we had good size. It was the lack of depth. Right? Yeah. And it's, you know, Tyra um, and conference play was as good a post player as there was in our league. The problem is uh, she was having to play 33, 34 yeah. minutes, and that's really hard. Sonera Skeins was playing 34, 35 minutes. That's really hard. So now these guys can really go out there, go all out for four or five minute stretches 
and not have to pace themselves, right? Right. Last year they had to pace themselves or I had to pace us in terms of tempo. Right. We don't necessarily have to do that. Treasure Thompson is recovering from an injury. She's somebody that I think as we approach conference play is really going to help us. She's got great size, great length, skill set, can shoot it, um, you know, transfer out of LSU. So she is somebody that's going to be another weapon for us in terms of size and speed. Final question for you. How did you approach the non-conference schedule this year to set you up for the MAC? Yeah, that's a great question because the MAC is the MAC, right? Right. Uh, we are going to play at Michigan, and Michigan has arguably a top 25 team. They're decent. They're pretty good. Um, she's doing a great job there, as always. Uh, we go to back-to-back games that I think are really tough. We played North Dakota and North Dakota State mm-hmm. all in one weekend. We come back from that, and we go back on the road to Lindenwood and Southern Indiana, And, you know, that's stuff that I think is going to be good to challenge us from a mental standpoint, right? Right. Going on the road is tough. Right. Playing back-to-back games is tough, but it's also going to prepare us for the conference tournament where you don't have a week or three or four or five days to prepare for opponent. You've got to really play the opponent and then turn around quickly, get your mind and body right to go win again. And uh, those are all things that, you know, when putting the, ter- the schedule together, we wanted to keep in mind. Awesome. I'm excited for the season. Me too. <laughs> Fred Castro, thank you very much. There's only one podcast in Washtenaw County that takes you inside the athletic department every single week. The Eastern Insider Podcast. Your home for all things Eastern all the time. This has been another edition of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or your home smart device for all of our episodes on demand.